0: Oh, you hear that already? The moment I start, birds chirping and shit. It's eleven fifteen in the a.m. I'm doing this earlier and earlier. I feel like, you know, or maybe it's just like totally random and I'm just doing it whenever the fuck. I don't know. When's the last time I did it at three a.m.? A few, a few days ago. Time passes forever. It takes forever for me because I'm in real life, and then you get to just listen to this shit immediately as it happens, you know. This is gonna be weird when I have like a. Apparently, I do have a superfan already because this person listens to every episode. It seems, but, um, or two superfans or whatever, whatever the hell. But um. There's gonna come a point. You hear this wind right now? This wind just decided to pick up. The moment I, the moment I, I started doing this, it's like, Thor, or. Uh, Gaia hates me Whoever, whichever god is is controlling this shit you know what's the one of the sky? It's Gaia is of the earth and then the goddess of the sky is uh, I can't remember the other one all good, let me put this under my shirt maybe, that'll be quieter, I can't tell cause I can't see the levels oh there we go okay that should work. So I'm sitting out here. I'm in the Hamptons right now. I'm sitting out here on the back deck. I'm watching, like, these Futurology videos. And the specific couple that I was watching was one on Hyperloop. You know, the Elon Musk thing? Where, uh... He... You know, not he. They, they're they doing this whole thing. I'm, I'm thinking of, like, constantly... How to improve my passion project. And I feel like I really want to play up the the realistic sci fi angle of it. So, like, I'm going to throw in basically every bit of somewhat plausible sci fi as possible into it, especially, like, in terms of infrastructure and tech and, like, modernization and shit. So, like, the whole idea of, like, uh, I mean, like, I want the, I want. My thing to look utopian like I want this the cities and the and the and the uh societies and shit to look utopian and have like all the pieces of a utopian society but have the fucked up like bureaucracy and government shit that's and like societal and cultural underbelly that's not that's not like helping you know so like, like it's total. That's what's making it dystopian. I mean, that's what it always is, right? Like you look at Hunger Games, and they have penm where like the thirteen districts are are uh, uh, twelve, each, if you don't want to spoil But okay, We're yep. all done. Hey, look, that may be the first time you've heard another voice on this podcast. The cleaning lady just interrupted, which is all good, all fine. I don't mind, you know. It's going to be in 10, 20 years, she's going to be famous for appearing on the podcast of a cultural uh, giant like me, you know? One of the early episodes, episode 233, I think we're on. Anyway, what the hell was I saying? Uh, science, sci-fi, sci-fi shit. So I think like the whole under, the underground city thing, like instead of building skyscrapers into the sky, we built earth scrapers into the ground and like have that be like the more uh i mean we need to we need to figure out a way to expand and not every city can expand going up because like only certain cities have that kind of like geographical uh like strength or whatever like new york city is entirely built on bedrock so that's why we could build towers so high and then like dubai and shit and like all those other places Shanghai, like all those places that have super tall, mega skyscrapers, talking like Burj Khalifa and, and, uh, you know, One World Trade Center and all that shit. Those places, they all, they're all built on bedrock, so they can, they can build as high as they fucking want. But then when you look at cities like, uh, like anything, anything not along the coast, like, I'm about to I now I'm only thinking of cities that are along the coast. Awesome. Great. I don't know, fucking Detroit, nope, that's along the coast. All all those like all those other nothing cities like Nashville and whatever. They they can't build super high because they're like the structural integrity of like the ground underneath isn't that good. So, um I think a lot of the cities would benefit from like building into the ground and just having like a 20 30 story sub city thing. And I want to integrate that into my project. And I already have an idea for what for like a part of it, like that's gonna be a major location in in the world of the, one of one of those subcities is gonna be a major location in the world of my project, right? So uh, or earth scrapers or whatever the fuck you want to call it. So I figure like that would integrate super well with Hyperloop. If Hyperloop can, like, run from uh, one subsidy to the next and that's, like, a way to, like, obviously transport people and whatever. But in my project, it could, like, be how drug cartels and sex traffickers transport shit from one underground city to another without being detected and whatever, right? I think that'd be a super sick way to, to, like, throw in a wrench of conflict where you can transport a giant shipment of whatever the hell or some villain or whatever the big bad guy is for the season is like oh I'm gonna escape through Hyperloop and I'm gonna be in the fucking next city I need to be in in 10 minutes versus like two hours you're taking a plane or whatever the hell right so like that's the kind of thing that I'm I'm I really want to push for because when I'm thinking of like uh Westworld season three how they have like obviously flying cars and, like, personal personal helicopters and shit like that is, like, a dime a dozen in every sci-fi project, every futuristic whatever. But, like, in Western Season 3, it feels... For whatever reason, it feels different. It feels more integrated because they actually took time to build out the way that their city looks. Like, I mean, they shot so much of it in... Uh, what city is that? I think it's, like, uh, that, that city that they're building like, entirely from scratch in, in, what's it called, the UAE, I can't remember the name of the fucking city, it's, like, something, it's called some, like, really on-the-nose bullshit, like, future city, I think, but, uh, whatever that is, I think that, that's, like, when they go to those cities and they do a lot of their cinematography from, from there, and they take like that futuristic, super sick-looking architecture and like integrate that into their city, they could fucking make that work really well. So, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of that, and I have like an awesome leeway since my project. I want it to be totally animated. It's not going to be a live-action thing, except for like mocap stuff. So. I have the leeway to build it entirely from scratch. Like, I can do the whole Big Hero 6. Or, I mean, what what are some other ones? Astro Boy. Uh, Alita Battle Angel. Like, I could take that and, like, make it a whole... A whole thing. Alita Battle Angel's not animated. Just the main character. But, you know what I mean. So, um... That's what I was thinking about there. The other thing I'm thinking about, like... More and more recently, like, I think I woke up this morning, and for some reason, I, I just had a kick to look up, like, one of the up-and-coming cinematographers right now, right? And I found this one guy, he's based out of New York, and he's been doing it for, like, less than a decade, like, something seven, six or seven years, and he's, like, uh, he he got, he, he's, like, signed to this, uh, not agency, this, what is it, like, this union I think it's like a local 600 based out of New York and I don't know if it's like 600 cinematographers or something but it's a cinematography union they signed to and I looked into it and it's like oh you just, to apply to it, you just have to have like, what is it a hundred days worth of work over the past three years like a hundred days worth of paid work or whether union or non-union you know and I feel like over the next few years that could be easily attained like i'm total i'm looking at all this stuff like i want to get the red komodo the 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 uh what is it called yeah i want to get the red komodo i really do i can't wait to fucking shoot with that camera it's gonna be and not because like oh it's just like the 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 Prestige of having shot with something that's not a DSLR, you know? Like, but it's also, there is a level, like, there's a certain amount of things that you can do out of a, out of a, whatever. Like, it's almost effortless. It gets more and more effortless the higher end you go with, like, this stuff. Um, so, like, you can tell what it looks like to shoot on Panavision. Like, I could point a fucking Panavision camera with, like, a sick like a re master prime lenser or or a, a panaflex whatever the fuck i could point that shit at this basketball hoop i'm looking at by the pool right now and it'll look totally different than if i just pull out my camera that's in my bag right now upstairs and just point it at that shit because i mean obviously his lenses his color it's all that and then you know the, the amount of leeway you get from it but like there is more play. I feel like you get more play from a camera that's built for that shit. You can just, like, aim it at anything and make it look relatively good. I mean, especially outdoors, overcast, in a nice lighting situation. that's like that whole thing. So, um... Yeah, I'm not... I'm I'm not being, like you know, ooh, it's the equipment that matters the most thing, because obviously it's technique. The one thing that I'm trying to fig- figure out is when a cinematographer, because a lot of cinematographers just straight up do cinematography and directing, but they don't end up doing, like, they they decide to follow that career path, and they basically don't, they're never a gaffer or a key grip or any anything in the support department, right? They don't help like they're not the guys setting up electrical or doing, you know, you know, doing support rigs and shit like that and setting like that. That is a career on its own, and that's why they have people who are dedicated. Like they make their bag just being these wild guys who can set up any fucking setup you need. They can do a a, a crane over a pool from a helicopter with explosives and shit. Like they can communicate in that way and. I always wonder, when I see, like, these DPs who work on these bigger projects, I mean, they're starting out, like, they're four or five years in, and, like, they're the Kenzen Takahashi's of the world, or they're the, uh, the, uh, what's his name, Eduardo Gonzalez's of the world, and they, they're, they're getting to it, and they're shooting, they're starting to shoot, like, these bigger projects with, like, uh, Beyonce, or, 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 like, they're doing like these. Uh, music videos or they're like on these tv shows like they're the seasonal the cinematographer for like a tv show whatever it may be um you know they're like one of a few and their name's not like big out there like they're not they're not a david lynch or anything but they're they're getting there right like they're gonna be they're gonna be shooting the the bigger budget shit the festival winning stuff the oscar winning stuff the the uh the blockbuster, whatevers, in the next five, ten years, you know, but right now they're doing like insane work on on music videos and commercials for for brands and shit like that. Like, I wonder, those guys, when they get their first project, where they're like, "Oh, we're gonna need a crane to do this. Like, we're gonna need to put whatever camera we pick, you know, we're like, if we go the Alexa Mini or whatever the fuck, like whatever, whatever." equipment they get. Like, there's a level of stuff that you already know how to do. You could put your camera on a tripod, you could do it on a slider, you can do that kind of thing. Um, But when you get, like, when you have to do, like, an overhead shot of, like, a car passing by and you can't use a drone for whatever reason, like, let's say, you know, uh, for whatever reason, like, you can't fly the drone in the middle of the city or whatever, so you need to use a crane. Or you need to use, like, a jib or something to get that Like, how do you, as a cinematographer, go about saying... Or go about, like, setting that kind of thing up? Because I know that if I got a position... Like, I got a thing to do that immediately, I would be... I'd probably be sweating. I'd be like, oh, shit, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? You know? Like, I need to... I need to set up a a crane over this pool for this shot I can't use a drone because it's too loud I can't use a whatever right? I mean that, that tends to be the issue right? It's like when you go with a crane or a helicopter versus a drone because I mean a helicopter and drones are fucking loud and they cause ripples. Like if you're shooting over water you'd need, you need a crane instead of a drone you know? Um, but if you're doing an overhead like you, you know one of them shots this establishing or whatever you're shooting straight down into a You know what I'm talking about. I've been talking about it for the last... How long? Five minutes? Or however long? Well, I'm 15 minutes in already. Yeah, I just want to know. Like... Like, do you need... Like, obviously, you need to have great communication with your grip and gaffer and support department. You need to have, like... Yeah, you need to be able to tell them, Yeah, I want this to run from here to here. This is how we're going to do it. Because, I mean, as a DP you're setting up the shot list and you're doing all that and you're working alongside the director and all the other visual departments like the set set, uh, set designers and all that shit to get what you want. But there's also a level of like, of like, you're kind of out of your depth in some of these things, especially when you're doing it the first time. So like, that's what I'm saying. There's a potential project I may get to do with Ford um, in the next few months. Potential. I hope it happens. I'm not... Like this is the only thing in and out of my mind right now, so I know that I'm gonna like be super duper excited, and if this shit doesn't happen, I'm gonna be like, "Fuck! Awesome! Great! Cool! That was a waste of brain power, um, and and uh, and hopes, I guess." But I think I think a big part of it is like. I, I you know you want it so much you got to will it into existence, right? I've been disappointed before you know I could be disappointed again, you know <laughs> but anyway, let's not be pessimistic about the shit right? This whole project, I think if I want to do it and I want to do it properly and I'm gonna set up everything like I we don't have a budget like I'm gonna bleed into my budget to rent a, a red. like we're not getting I at least I'm not getting paid for this thing. Um, and I don't, like, I'm fine if I'm not paid for this one thing, as long as I can put it out the way that I want to, but I'm willing to spend the the 500 bucks to rent out the equipment needed, but I know that if I want to do a fucking crane and shit, and to get the one big enough, like, that's way more, and then to set it up, that would take a couple hours, and we don't have that much time, I mean, chances, like, I'm gonna shoot it sunset at night like that. The whole project, you know, I'm probably gonna do like the first half of it in the day, like that, you know, sunrise. Like, we're probably gonna make it a full day shoot. Um, if it's up to me, I'm gonna make it a full day shoot, and I'm gonna have my friend, uh, Brandon come out to, 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 uh, deep, not DP, to assist on a project. But yeah, um, if I can pay him, I will. I probably won't be able to because I'll be renting, renting red and all this, all this shit. I don't know, man. I just know that I, like my friend Alex. He's a he's a drone pilot, so he has an Inspire 2, I think. So like for all the overhead shit. I know I could count on him for that for that kind of thing as long as like we set it up proper and we and we get the shots how we want right and I know the other thing is like we're gonna have to rent a car or like use uh, a friend Gina's to like shoot out the back of it like I'm probably gonna be hanging out the back of the thing with the red strap to me um I may end up like renting an easy rig or something I don't know because I feel like I'm gonna need it but. I'm just talking about all this technical nonsense here. But I think, I mean, like overall my career, I think I just wanted, I'm trying to figure out a way to optimize, you know, you know, I've been thinking about yesterday on my, on my, on my train ride here, like for some reason I was thinking about how much, how much would be, how much would it be to, how much would it cost to like go live somewhere else for at least six months, you know? And there are a couple of places I was looking at. I mean, I know that if I'm gonna to go to like Nashville, I have to sign like a 12 month lease. Chances are, right? Or, I mean, i can like negotiate for a six month, but like a short term thing. But if I wanna to go to live in Nashville for like six months, I might pick a city that I've never been to. Like I'll just go there for a weekend, see if I like it and then fucking just knock it out. But if I can save up a X amount, like I'm thinking of like taking some chances to try to do this so that if i have to, and if i have to push back the tiny house trip another year i feel like i'm willing to because i need the i need the worldliness like i need the experience like the life experience i think of like living in another city living alone moving out like that's a big thing and i can't afford to do that shit here in new york like that's gonna that's gonna cost an arm and a leg um to do it in any meaningful way and also it's not going to be so different because I know New York. Like, that's my home. I know the fucking city. Like, basically. Like, it's not new to me. But I think if I were to go... And I'm not... And I don't feel forced to, like, make friends. Like, I'm not making, like, an a super-duper active effort. But I feel like if I were out in a city where I don't know anyone, it would help a lot of, like, socializing and, like, meeting people outside of the norm and just being able to build a network outside of that, right? Like, I mean... Get on dating apps so I can meet women out there who, potential like most likely friendships and shit, um, and then go to like bars and like meet random dudes or whoever is out there, and then like be on shoots and meet people who are like, oh yeah, I'm a I'm a filmmaker, like you know, you have a project you're trying to do, this you know like just connect that way, and I don't know how, how people move in other cities, like I know it's not nearly as quick and and uh, as making friends as as it is in New York but like I was looking at Nashville there are fucking apartments there like pretty sick places for a thousand a month in the city you know like like within the city like downtown Nashville and shit a um, thousand or like twelve hundred a month I'm thinking if I save up for the rest of the year if I decide instead of doing tiny house trip like instead of saving up specifically for that like I could buy the trailer by end of the year because that's six grand no, it's two grand plus... No, no, no. The trailer would be like four and then the the container would be would be another two grand. So if I put that together and like have that on lock so when I'm ready to build, like once I have some money, I can throw it at that. But that's, let's say seven to be safe. And then I do save another seven so that I can live in another city. Like I, I can go live in Nashville or Seattle, which, which would be affordable or whatever. And I just like put money towards rent and shit, like pay that up front so I don't have to worry about about anything else like I don't have to like all I have to worry about is like amenities and like living expenses and like car payments and shit because I know I'll have to drive when I'm there um and and like going out and doing stuff you know um so that's another 10 and then 10 for the for the uh red uh Komodo and then a little bit more for you know, safety and, and taxes and shit. Like if I can save 30, if I can somehow muster up 30 by end of this year, I can do that whole thing next year and next year, like, and that's all paid for. Right. So I just need to like make money on, on top of that. So next year, if I save another 30, then that's the tiny house trip. And then I can go to Rivian with with uh with what i'm working on between now and end of this year like if i could do this ford project if i can finish not if when i finish cutting dead weight i'm gonna try to finish cutting dead weight in june um and then i'll do the you know the the voiceover i mean i don't know when fuck chris is available because i don't know if he's even in town to do the voiceover stuff i mean he could do it remotely but i don't know anyone trustworthy to like do that shit Um, You know, wherever the hell he is And I don't know if he knows anyone where he is who's a good audio engineer Who's willing to do it for pennies Basically Um, Especially without like my direction like on On set, or not On set, in studio, in the booth But um But once I do that And then I try to do another couple smaller projects I mean like I'm a, like after I rent the Red Komodo Like once you do something once then it's easier to do it again and again so I think once I rent went rent out um another one of these cameras um you know another red komodo and then we do another project and then you know have a like I just want to build a solid reel of like five sick projects for by end of year you know, the fourth thing, Deadweight, I think looks pretty good for, for a reel, like, even though it's not perfect, it's not exactly where I want to be, but for a cinematography reel, I think it looks pretty damn good, um, like, especially once I color grade it and do all that shit, and the next thing is, uh, is, a uh, like, I want to do a couple smaller, like, fashion stuff, like, uh, video portraits, and, um, and then another, like, short, film project whether it's narrative or documentary i don't mind but whatever it is like i want to put that together package that out together and then i can be like okay i'm gonna go to rivian and be like hey or any one of the or lordstown motors or any one of these companies not lordstown because lordstown their truck doesn't pull that much weight i don't think and they're a little bit farther out from releasing and i don't, and I don't even know what they're what they're going for in terms of uh I don't know what they're going for in terms of their, their like, what is it called, They're like brand message, I haven't looked into it enough, and I don't, and I don't think Ford would go for the, for, for my project either, because it doesn't, like, they're going for like the more rough and rugged, like, they're not going for the, they're not aiming at the, the millennial or Gen Z or who, who is trying to like do the downsizing thing or whatever they're aiming for like the people who are working on it and like i was at the i was at a little press event and, like it was a tiny fucking thing like out in the middle of of, of a park like like li- they literally took one of their only three uh ford f-150 lightnings and parked it outside a coffee shop along the uh, on uh, like on pier 61 and just had one of the guys there like the head designer on it just talking to people outside like we had joggers and shit passing by some homeless lady was like wandering around the area i don't know what the like what their event budget is or what the fuck they're doing there but like push the shit proper like do it proper rent out a, a space do that kind of thing you know invite a bunch of people get the word out like you should be getting they should be doing a ton of press for their first elect, all electric F150 or all electric no not, not their first all electric vehicle cuz the Baki is coming out I think before that but I'm really looking at Rivian because their their whole thing is like the adventure the 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 that, that that like that's their whole fucking thing and i really do love the R1S their their SUV But like I'm saying, I want to go to Rivian and be like, "Hey, do you want to hire me? Here's my. Here's what I'd ask for: 100 grand a year or 120 a year. Um, And I'll and I'll work with you for two years. The first year, the first phase of it is doing the tiny house trip, you know. And all of like that 120, you don't have to worry about funding anything. I am gonna take that 120 and I'm gonna give myself a 30 grand cut of it and the rest of that shit's going to crew and doing the whole project. Like, literally, you're paying me... Basically, you're paying me 30 grand and the rest of it is budget. But I want the budget to be flexible on my end so that I could do also the personal projects. Like, especially since a couple of projects involve cars that aren't electric, I'm not going to be using the Rivian for them. Um, So, but I do want, like... That whole thing to like I mean it's gonna be able to fucking power that that whole project and that like the overall overarching project I want it to power and then if they want to do events like for the Rivian shit like we just plan it out a couple months in advance so that if I'm in Austin Texas for a couple weeks they we could be like oh yes we're gonna do not only a showcase of like one of my projects you know, one of the short films like last punk or Mustang or Baja or whatever, whichever one we decide to do or whatever we have done by that point, we could also do a screening of that as well as, I mean, like integrated, like as part of the event plan for their Rivian. So they can have a spokesperson come out and, or it could be me. I'll do it. Talk about Rivian and the technology and all that shit to sell it. And meanwhile, still like have that art and culture side of it where, where, uh, you know, we could just do screenings of, of, of projects and, like, have this big, like, cocktail mixer type thing afterwards, like, for a few hours, you know. I think that'd be, that's a perfect package, like, I, that's tying it up with a little fucking bow and just pushing it across the table to them, like, here you go, here's your gift. That's a guarant- that's guaranteed see I feel like that's guaranteed to sell, A few dozen over the course of a year and for one for 120 grand plus a little bit of an event budget you know uh, 20 20 grand extra over over the course of a year like I think that's sick and then after that what I want to do is after that year I think I'll I'll totally work for Rivian like straight up just doing a lot of their their uh their products or their uh their cinematic stuff like I'll I'll run a lot of the stuff for their documentary stuff. Like, I'll totally do that. Because I do a lot of, like, personal, like, mini-docs. Like, 10, 10-minute stuff with people who they give out. Uh, who, who like, are using Rivians for their... whatever Like, their Mojave Desert cross-country shit. Or their... Not Mojave, was it? The fucking Death Valley thing. Anyway. Oh, man. So, yeah. Um, I feel pretty good. I think I got all, all my thoughts out, right? I don't have other shit to talk about. Do I? Yeah. I think that's it. I'll call it. 30 minutes in. That's a, That's a decent one. I was supposed to do less time, but it's all good. Later.